failed former President Donald Trump indicted 34 counts. Reportedly, Donald Trump expected to be in New York City in court on Tuesday to be booked, mugshotted, fingerprinted, arraigned and subsequently released. Donald Trump has absolutely lost his mind posting the entire night to Truth Social. We will look at that. Many of you agree with me that Trump will not see the inside of a prison cell for even one day. But that being said, this shows that no one is above the law. So many people saying this is unprecedented and this is not justice. No, 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 no. If Trump was above the law, that would not be justice. And he will get his day in court. He is innocent until proven guilty. And I believe that this first indictment out of New York City may be the first of many with prosecutors waiting to see will someone be the first to indict a former president. The Associated Press reports Donald Trump indicted, expected to surrender early next week. The exact nature of the charges is unclear as of Friday because the indictment remains under seal, but they stem from payments made during the 2016 campaign to silence the claims of an extramarital sexual encounter, of course, with Stormy Daniels. Trump has assailed the uh, entire thing, says it's all bogus and nonsense. This is historic in every single way. Donald Trump wildly posting to Truth Social all night. I'm scrolling it for people to see multiple times per hour, three hours ago, and then going to eventually a lot of posts three hours ago, then eventually getting to seven hours ago, which would have put it at three thirty in the morning and nine hours ago, one thirty, just posting, posting. I'm going to stop scrolling because people are going to get dizzy. Donald Trump initially reacting to the indictment with a misspelled post in which he says he has been indicated. Not only is this the first time that a former president has been indicated by a grand jury, this is the first time a grand jury has indicated any president. And of course, it is beyond parody that even this Trump can't string together a reasonable statement about Trump posting to troth, quote, And by the way, there's capital letters all over this thing. I'm not even going to mention each time Trump randomly capitalizes. These thugs and radical left monsters have just indicated the 45th president of the United States of America and the leading Republican candidate by far for the 2024 nomination for president. Here he engages caps lock and says this is an attack on our country, the likes of which has never been seen before. Remember, Trump was a one man crime spree as president, the likes of which the country has never seen before. Trump continuing in all capital letters. It is likewise a continuing attack on our once free and fair elections. No, it's not. The USA is now a third world nation, a nation in serious decline. So sad. Then Trump putting out a more formal statement, which was no less unhinged. I won't read the entire thing. I'm not going to subject you to that. But in the first paragraph, of course, he calls the prosecution a political persecution as well as election interference. He includes the term witch hunt and many other things. In the second paragraph, he says wrongly that Democrats cheated and have stolen. Of course, it was Trump who tried to steal the 2020 election. In the third paragraph, he says this has never been done in nation's history. That's true. But remember, there has never been a one man crime spree like Trump in the Oval Office in American history. There has never been a president who surrounded himself with so many reliably crooked people. Then he attacks Alvin Bragg, linking him to George Soros. And lastly, he says this will backfire on Joe Biden. Of course, Joe Biden has nothing to do with it. Tuesday booking and arraignment expected. You know, on Tuesday, big, strong guy with tears in his eyes might go up to Trump and say, sir, I'll be taking your mugshot now. Please don't do anything stupid. This shows no one is above the law. That is justice. Although Trump will not serve a day of prison time, the hope is that this is only the beginning. Fox News melting down over the Trump indictment. You know, we deal with a lot of serious things on this show, 
And Trump's indictment is serious because it has to do with no one being above the law. But I would be lying if I didn't admit that it was a delightful pleasure to see live on our stream yesterday Fox News melting down. Check out this compilation from Media Matters Cat Abu. This is just it's really a delight. I don't know how else to say it. Democrats are branding Trump as a criminal. It's legally pathetic. It's clickbait. It is an unbelievable abuse of justice. Pure <laughs> balderdash. My heart is broken. I had some tears yeah. in my eyes. We, we found the guy, folks. We found the big, strong guy with tears in his eyes. It's this guy, Lou Gellermino. A criminal defense attorney is broken. I had some tears yeah. in my eyes. Looking a little emotional. I feel the same way. If there's a mugshot of Donald Trump, it'll be in dorm rooms and on T-shirts. He right. is an OG. Even if convicted, that's not going to stop him. Donald Trump could run in part on saying I'm going to pardon myself and go after uh, the deep state. There you go. Jonathan Turley, man, that. Turley really has his reputation is just in the toilet at this point. Uh, the deep state. It's not open for a debate that we live in a police state. It's like Stalin's purges. We're crossing the Rubicon here. This is a political Rubicon that has been crossed. They have crossed the Rubicon. Basically, it's one party hunting another. It almost feels like they're pushing the population to react. It is a war on conservatism and MAGA. That's Mark Levin, by the way, screaming at the top of his lungs there. It's it's really wild stuff. React. It is a war on conservatism and MAGA. They want you to strike out. People better be careful. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Now, in terms of all of this stuff of the people aren't going to accept this and blah, 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 and it's be, people better be careful. If they are insisting that the indictment of Trump is going to set the country ablaze and people are going to rip it apart and civil war and all of this stuff, the only obvious follow up question to that is who are the individuals that are going to do that and how do you know that they are going to do it? Because what they are saying is MAGA is going to do all those things. You'd better be careful because of MAGA getting violent. You'd better be careful because they the MAGA people will rip the country apart. Now, the upside of this is so far we're closing in on 24 hours into this thing. It doesn't actually seem like the MAGA people care enough to even go out and protest. That's the amazing thing. And I hope there is no violence. But for all of these clowns saying this is going to be a really bad thing, it's going to be uprising. You're saying the Trumpists will be violent because the progressives who like seeing justice why would they go and protest? We're just going to follow the story. Incredible stuff that is going on, and you really do love to see it. We found another guy with tears in his eyes, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who has debased himself humiliatingly over the last six years, was tearing up on Fox News last night. It does not get much better than this. Here is Lindsey crying about Trump's indictment. Wow. How do you do it? You take a well, if you got a pile of crap and you chop it up 34 times, it's still a pile of crap. It's duplicious charging. I think by duplicious, he meant means duplicitous or duplicative. It's very unclear what he's talking about, but he is all teary. A pile of crap It's duplicious charging. They're trying to smear the guy. They're trying to take cases that nobody else would take and resurrect them. This is literally legal voodoo. <laughs> Folks, it, it, I really hope that this is the first of many indictments. I really do. If Lindsay is this broken up and triggered by the first one, which is arguably the most minor one, what's happening in Georgia is potentially far more disastrous for Trump than this. Just you wait until we get to the next one. So Lindsay not having a good one. Let's briefly talk now about Eric Trump. Donald Trump was indicted. He will be indicted. The jury voted to indict. He will be arraigned on Tuesday. Within a couple hours, Donald Trump's, I guess, least favorite son, Eric Trump, goes on Fox News and he reacts to the indictment by ranting about CVS and Kylenol. Now, you might be saying, David, wait, I know about Advil. I know about Tylenol. What's Kylenol? I also don't know. But here is Eric Trump ranting about CVS and Kylenol 
in response to his dad's indictment. This every single day. And this is a city, I spent a lot of time in Europe, that is falling apart. I went into literally CVS the other day, and you can't buy Tylenol because it's locked behind these glass counters because there's so much theft and there's so much looting, there's so much homelessness and crime, but yet their attention is going after Donald Trump. Little girl. Yeah. So listen, first of all, you go into CVS or you go into Walgreens anywhere in this country. When I was just recently in Florida, I went in, I had to get my very powerful hair product. It's locked up. I had to ask, could you pretty please with the key open it up for me? You go into a CVS north of New York City, as I recently did. And uh, the uh, deodorant, my girlfriend's deodorant, it's like, you know, everything free. It's free of soy. It's free of, of, of beef broth. There's no beef. Bro it's, you know, one of these hipster uh, deodorants. It's locked up somehow. I don't think that that's really the alternative for Alvin Bragg to be focusing on compared to the Trump indictment. What I would suggest to Eric Trump is maybe hold off on these pathetic appearances because you you really seem unhinged and you literally went to CVS. What does that mean? As opposed to you sent someone. I don't even know what this guy is talking about. Lock in, folks, because what we are going to see over the next let me think 24, 48 seven, over the next 96 hours leading up to the Trump arraignment is going to be increasingly unhinged. And the hope is and I'm not, you know, people write in and say, David, you're hoping that MAGA becomes violent. No, 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 no. I didn't want violence on January 6th. I'm against violence. I don't want violence. I don't want shootings. I don't want burning. I don't want looting. I don't want any of it. Don't no matter who's doing it. I hope that MAGA doesn't get violent over this so far. They really don't seem to care. And even when Trump previously said, I'm getting arrested on Tuesday, which didn't happen on that day, um, his supporters really didn't seem to be activating the way he wanted them to. So let's all hope cooler heads prevail as justice proceeds. Let's hope this is the first of many indictments. We're going to take a break. What a day. What a day. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pacman Show. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Don't you think it's time you stopped putting smoke and vape oils in your lungs? Zipix toothpicks are a convenient way to curb the nicotine cravings. Zipix toothpicks are super discreet. You can use them anytime, anywhere. Smoking and vaping aren't allowed, including flights, sporting events in restaurants. They're available in six different flavors with options of two and three milligrams of nicotine. If you're not a nicotine user, Zipix also offers caffeine and B12 infused toothpicks. Zipix has already helped tens of thousands of customers ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vapes. They might be able to help you, too. If you're a smoker or a vapor, give Zipix toothpicks a try. Your lungs will thank you. Go to ZipixToothpicks.com today. Save 10% with the code PACMAN10 at checkout. Just remember, you must be 21 or older to order. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X Toothpicks.com. Use promo code PACMAN10 at checkout for 10% off. That's PACMAN10. The info is in the podcast notes.
The David Pakman Show is, of course, made possible day in and day out by our members. Membership is cheap, it's quick, and it feels good. You can sign up at joinpacman.com and know that unlike your cable subscription, from which four bugs a month go to Fox News, uh, all but 2.9% of every dollar, which goes to just swiping the credit cards and debit cards, comes directly to us. Sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code 24 starts now to get yourself a discount. Let's go to the phones, my friends. We are going to hear from the most important people to the show, which are the people in the audience. We do these calls via discord at davidpackmancom slash discord. As a reminder, you have to request to speak if you would like to chat with me. Very important. In order to be called on, your name must be in the format of name and location or location and name. So people with jokes or nicknames or you know obvious stuff like that, um, you won't be called on. So typically, the names would be something like, for example, Harry from Columbus, Ohio. That's the first person to join us today. Harry, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? David, can you hear me? I can hear you beautifully. That's pleasant. Last time my audio was well, it was at hacked by Antifa. I have no other way to put it, really. They, um, they pronounce it Antifa tragic. now. It's pronounced Antifa. OK, Antifa, my yeah. bad. I always get pronunciations. Wrong I know. Me too. I'm it's it's crazy. So <laughs> um, you said recently you're back in the gym. Now, I want to say one thing, please. If you said that you run before you lift, just I do. And I'm wondering I'm wondering if you're going to tell I have read that it's better to lift first because then you're at maximum strength and then do your cardio. Absolutely. That is. The only tweak I have, I hear you're hitting the weights. I won't ask you how or in what specific way. I'll let you get into that detail when you're ready, of course. Um, <laughs> well, I'm ready right now. Yeah, no, thanks, I mean, I don't know what you're sharing. sharing. Uh, listen, oh, I, I don't tell me what I mean, lifts do you enjoy? Listen, I'm not like some kind of uh, I, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. You know, it's like I have found I, I look online and I say, OK, if I'm doing a mix of cardio and weights and in total, I want to be doing four days a week. What's the best mix to do? And it's like, oh, OK, on this day, do rowing machine and then do arms. And then the next day you can do legs and then run or, you know, whatever. It's just like I kind of just I, I just try to stay organized in that way. Yeah, it's good to have a split. I think that's what it's formally called. Oh, uh, okay. where you split up what lifts you're doing. You know, it seems like you're doing a, a sort of body part based split, which is can work for beginners. I think it's an excellent choice. It, now, if I Just, weren't a beginning, I mean, when does the split stop? At what point? I think when you're when you're ready to move on to something new, when you're saying, OK, I don't think this is giving me the returns or when you learn new information, for example, I think is a good way to learn. Like when I realized, you know, I'm not really hitting certain muscles that I could. That's when I you know, changed things up, started switching from a back barbell squat to a front barbell squat. Wow. You know, you, you got you to gotta look for these things. Well, listen, Harry, I'm not there quite yet, but I do appreciate the um, the the check in and I'm going to keep going. OK. OK, thanks for taking my call. I just have one more quick question and sure. you can answer it as briefly as you want to. When I, I listened to your interview with Patrick Bet David, I listened to the one Sam Cedar had with him last week. I think you guys both did a excellent job dismantling his lazy right wing points, I'll put it. Mm. Um, but my question is, how do you have the like the confidence? Like, I don't want to say like media training esque feel to how you approach these guys. But what do you do mentally to just steady yourself? Keep keep positive, stay you know, on top of all your talking points, counter theirs. What is the mentality? I really don't do things? any special prep. I just try to have my normal routine for the day. You know what I mean? So like, don't because what I find is like that the Patrick bet David thing is like in the morning, right? If I yeah. shake up my routine and like don't have the breakfast I would normally have or whatever, you know, if, if my routine is thrown off, I won't feel prepared. So I think it's just like maintaining my routine basically and getting enough sleep. Oh, and he's gone. Oh, where did it go? All right. I hope my, I hope my answer was satisfactory. Let's go next to Dev from Syracuse, New York. Dev, welcome to the David Pakman show. What's on your mind today? Hi, David. 
Uh, I've got a question for you. Sure. You can hear me all right, right? I can hear you fine. All right. Well, uh, Syracuse, I don't know if you know much about Syracuse, upstate New York. Uh, it is a, a pretty mixed place, but probably a little more leaning to the right okay. in general. Uh, lots of suburbs uh, and and country farmer areas. Um, so I would describe myself as a progressive independent. And I know titles are a difficult thing, but um, I recently became a firearm owner. Okay. And uh, I was wondering um, what your opinion is on personal firearm use in the context of a tool that might be used for some things in the future. I, I kind of look at it like an EpiPen. Right. It's something that I never want to use. I'm not really a hunter. But I want to have it available in a situation that may occur where it would be useful. Well, listen, you bring up a really interesting point. And I've had a, I have a lot of friends who are progressive gun owners, many, many, many friends. I've opted never to talk on the show about whether or not I own firearms. Like I've made it clear yeah. I support certain rules and I've said we have a second amendment, but we, we have to do something about the gun. Like people know my, but I've sort of like stopped short of saying exactly like what I do or don't have just cause it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any advantage to that. And if I said exactly what I do or don't have, I just don't know if there's any win there. But one Agreed. thing that is very, very, um, compelling to me is any scenario that is a hypothetical scenario that comes up in which the right wingers have all or most of the guns. That doesn't sound good, even if I think we are much better off reducing the number of firearms out there by ninety five percent. And and like, for example, even if we could limit them to people who demonstrate that they're for hunting use or it's for target shooting and you keep it at the range in a safe that's there, or if you can demonstrate an actual need for self-defense, not the vague, I've got 50. Like, okay, maybe that would be the uh, the ideal thing. Reduce the number of guns out there by 95%. We don't have that situation. And therefore, I don't really love the idea of the right wingers having all the guns. And what you're talking about, these contingency scenarios make a lot of sense to me in terms of a motivation to say, I want to own some firearms. You know, New York is uh, I don't know all of the gun laws across the country, but it seems like New York is one of the most uh, strict gun laws uh, areas in in any of the states. And I definitely think that uh, that's a good thing Uh, running into roadblocks when you're trying to purchase a firearm, uh, even as a, you know, a safe, uh, normal citizen, so to speak, I think is a, is a good thing. It shouldn't be easy to get a firearm. <laughs> I agree. And more, listen, in New York question. City, I'll just say it this way. I have experienced you know, I, I, it. It could be for friends. I have experienced the New York City process for the handgun permit, and it's not easy, but it is possible. And if you do it right, then it's a permit that you're able to get. Let me ask you just this one uh, related question and I'll let you go. Uh, I had seen an idea that I think could appeal to the right wing as well after they get over the fact that, uh, you know, it's a change, which is difficult for them to process. Um, it was essentially uh, like a an evolving gun license where for each firearm that you wanted to own or even just fire, you had to qualify on that particular firearm. And therefore, that license would almost be like uh, like collecting. It would tap into that kind of psyche of, of collecting, and you could. That's a super interesting idea. That's a super interesting. I mean, commercial commercial you, pilots have to qualify on the planes that they fly. I think that's a super interesting idea. Dev from Syracuse, great to hear from you. Very very interesting. Let's go next to John in Sharpsville. John in Sharpsville. Welcome to the David Pakman show. What's on your mind today? John in Sharpsville, I've, I've invited you to participate. You do need to accept my invitation. It was going so well today until we got to John in Sharpsville. All right, well, I guess we're not going to hear from him. Let's go to Ty from Iowa. Ty from Iowa, welcome to the program. What can I do for you today? Hello, David. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. It sounds like you're probably on speakerphone, but it's good enough that I won't make a big deal out of it. Oh, I'm using a Blue Yeti mic. Blue Yeti. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, pr- please proceed, sir. 
Okay, so I wanted to bring this up just because I've been kind of thinking about it. So I know that you have said before that the right wing in Europe has more in common with the Democratic Party in America than they do with the Republican Party. I've said right? that. Well, I thought I thought I heard you say it. Maybe I was wrong. I just that I, think the, I, remember you saying I don't that, think like, I don't. I, what I have said, what I have said is that mainstream Democrats in the U.S. are certainly centrists in most of Europe and even center right in some of Europe. I see. Yeah. I see. But I was just going to say, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's the case everywhere. So um, <clears throat> there if uh, so, I would kind of consider the Democratic Party to kind of be globally more center right and the Republican Party more as hyper partisan or even far right. OK. And it's obviously not as nearly as common as in other countries, but we've seen in Brazil with Bolsonaro, who's sometimes called the Trump of the tropics and they're his supporters rioted in uh, Brasilia at the Free Towers Plaza, and we've seen in Hungary with Orban and Italy with Maloney, I think is her name, right? Maloney? Maloney, yeah. Yeah. So how do you think things like these kind of start, and how dangerous would you say these types of movements are for other countries? Like, we've already seen Russia turn into a dictatorship. You're saying how, how, how does what start? Like, how do these, how do these, these, kind of populist right wing movements kind of just form and just kind of take people over and turn into a well, here's, so here's the thing as that it's often starts with. The employment of populist rhetoric by badly intentioned individuals, and this is why I've said before, populist rhetoric can be a dangerous thing because right wing populists and left wing populists will say very similar things. But then when they get into power, they do very different things. And so with a lot of these situations, it really is a populist rhetoric by a would be authoritarian that the people fall for. Sometimes they fall for it in a context where th things are already very bad in the country, Venezuela, Russia, other places. Um, and so I think it, it's it really starts with the rhetoric, at least in places that are at least superficially democratically elected, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got it. I feel like a lot of the stuff can't be done without populism, unfortunately. I think. Yeah. And remember, populism is a rhetoric. It's not a policy proposal. Tucker Carlson yeah. and Bernie agree the middle class is really getting screwed in this country. Bernie thinks it's by uh, uh, you know corporations and elected officials who do nothing for them. Tucker is like they're, they're getting screwed by like BLM and looters and brown people from Mexico, right? So they both are like the middle class is getting screwed. Very different ideas as to how we deal with it. Yeah, I'm just really kind of hoping that every single time one of these people doesn't get their way, yeah, they're going to urge their supporters to do violence. I really hope that's not going to be a thing, but it just it's I, happened twice. It's really weird that it's happened twice. I hope not as well. I'm with you, Ty. Yeah. All right. Thank you well, for thank the call. You for taking my call. Baby. Very much appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go next to Jason from Mount Juliet. Jason from Mount Juliet. Welcome to the program. David, thanks for having me. Pleasure. I actually wanted to ask you about the tweet from earlier this week. Sure. Um, that you're getting a little bit of heat from. A little bit, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. So I honestly think that overall it was pretty, pretty rough. But at the same time, you made a very valid point because there has to be something done beyond what the typical response has been, right? And let me say, just because you're here and by the way, you're in Tennessee. I am. You know what? I, th there have been people who could like Candace Owens keeps hammering on. Why won't I apologize? So it's like, well, listen, I'm not going to apologize for the statement I made, which was thoughts and prayers. Don't stop school shootings. We need to do more. However, what I did learn, Jason, is that even though anyone in my audience, when they see the tweet, they go, David's not blaming kids for getting shot. He's blaming the people who don't do anything other than thoughts and prayers. My audience gets it. That sarcasm doesn't translate well. Number one, to people who don't already know me. And number two, to people who might understand that it's sarcasm, but they want to pretend it's not in order to attack me rather than talk about guns. So it still was a learning experience for me. The sarcasm may not work well in tweets. 
No, for sure. I, I would also say there's probably a third uh, category there of people who are typically not terminally online, like a lot of us are. So we understand the humor. We understand your point because of, you know, just the discussions we have regularly on the internet. Sure. But people who just peruse and can have uh, somebody like Donald Trump Jr. Uh, kind of echo um, a sentiment against what we are saying or what you said uh, to make it look bad is it, it makes sense that you got the flack you did. I so agree. I, just, I wanted to say that I, as somebody from Tennessee, um, not originally here, from here, but who lives here now and who has a little one who goes to a school very similar to the one that um, the tragedy happened at. Yeah. I, <laughs> you, you made a very valid point, and I wish that my state would do something more than what we're getting from our uh, representatives. I'm with you, Jason. So, I'm with you. Appreciate the call. Hey, man. Have a good one. All right. Jason from Tennessee. Let's take just a very quick break and I'm going to take more calls. So stay stay with us on the discord if you'd still like to get on. We'll take the quickest of breaks and be right back. One of our continued sponsors is Ground News, an app and website that aggregates local and international news sources to show you how breaking news is being reported around the world. It has become a go to resource for me right now. I'm looking at a story about residents in Ohio reporting medical symptoms after the train derailment. Ground News shows the headline from The Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos says East Palestine residents should look to Agent Orange victims. The headline from the Epic Times, a radical right wing outlet, says federal officials enter 500 East Palestine homes after toxic train crash. I also like that you can sort things by factuality, location and bias. Check out Ground News for free at ground.news slash Pacman. If you find Ground News as useful as I do, subscribe for unlimited access. That's ground.news slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's hear from some more people. Of course, we do this on the Friday show. You can follow uh, you can uh, talk to me, I guess is what I'm saying, by uh, signing up for the discord at davidpacman.com slash discord. Let's go next to Kevin from Philly. Kevin from Philly, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Kevin from Philly, you've got to accept my invitation, my friend. There he is. Kevin, welcome. Hi, um, I was just wondering, you know, we've heard recently more stories from Donald Trump with grown men with tears in their eyes. Yeah, the latest one is like that DeSantis came to him crying about an endorsement. Right. Do you think it's at least possible that Trump maybe just wears too much cologne or has very bad breath? <clears throat> and that's why the grown men constantly have tears in their eyes. That is just listen. Like issue. I'm as confused as you are as to why grown men are regularly bursting into tears around Donald Trump. And maybe you're right that it's like a cologne type thing. Maybe it's a bad breath thing. I, honestly, though, I think the most likely scenario is Trump's just making it up. All right. Agree to disagree. <laughs> you genuinely think people are crying, but you want to find the reason why. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, we'll see. Do Thanks, you maybe. believe for a second that DeSantis cried in front of Trump? No, of course not. I don't either. It just doesn't. I don't seem. even think the conversation happened. Oh, yeah, well, so. no, I mean, I well, that's a good question. Did DeSantis ask Trump for I mean, maybe the endorsement request was made through intermediaries. It seems reasonable DeSantis would ask for an endorsement. Yeah, I do wonder if if the primary does come down to them. There was this commercial where DeSantis like was reading a book about the wall and Trump to his child. And it's just this this sycophantic suck up commercial to Trump. And it would be so interesting if that popped back up, if it was a primary between them, just to show like how <laughs> like subservient Ron DeSantis was to Trump. I'm going to look for that. That, sound, that sounds interesting. I'm going to also a few years ago, Ron DeSantis pronounced his name Ron DeSantis, which I find strange to change how you say your name at age 40. I think that should make a comeback. DeSantis. Yeah. All right, Kevin yeah, from Philly. Right. Appreciate the call. 
Thanks. All right. There he goes. Why don't we go next to Jason from Virginia? Jason from Virginia. Welcome to the program. Hey, David, how's it going? It's going well. Hey, uh, just uh, following up about that uh, tweet controversy. How yeah. do you feel about uh, getting acknowledged by Donald Trump Jr. and potentially the Taliban? Yeah. Like, well, listen, here's that. something that's fascinating. Donald Trump Jr. and the Taliban were able to find common ground. They really didn't like <laughs> my tweet about gun safety. Um, now, Don Jr. didn't like it because he falsely claims and whether he believes it or not, that I'm blaming the kids who died for the shooting, which, of course, I'm not. I'm blaming the politicians who send thoughts, prayers and do nothing else. The Taliban liked I'm sorry, didn't like what I said. But their context was that I'm just an, I think they use the term Zionist, which for them just means Jew. They took the anti-Semitic approach. So, I mean, listen, politics, I guess, makes strange bedfellows. Don Jr. and the Taliban uniting against David Pakman. It is it's not the way I expected the week to go, I admit. I, I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, reading just all the hateful comments, just, uh, you know, but it made me realize that what we see online isn't relevant, you know, or representative of the real world. Right. In what sense? Oh, just like, uh, you know, uh, the, the online audience is maybe more amplified and, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe the general population feels right. And, you know, what's funny is in the last few days I've been out usually like when I go to the grocery store, one or two people recognize me or if I'm in a restaurant, like one person will recognize me or whatever. It's like they all just come up to me. They have no idea about the controversy. Like, you know, it's like every five seconds I'm getting a tweet. But out there, it's sort of like most normal people are just kind of behaving normally. I'm very good because some of the comments were threatening in, in uh, a way that was concerning to me. So, hopefully of course, yeah. Right. And there's actually there's a number of law enforcement investigations already into those. You, you might be shocked to hear. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. There's Jason from Virginia. Great to hear from you. Why don't we go next to Melody from Missouri? Melody from Missouri, welcome to the program. Uh, you've been on before, right? Or am I not remembering correctly? Yes, I'm the one who spoke about the uh, drag controversy. I'm the drag king. That's right. Welcome. Hello. Um, so my partner is trans and with all these anti-trans sentiments going around and Missouri being one of them, there's actually a protest in Jeff City today. Um, where do you think it would be safe for us to go that's in the South? My partner has health issues and we need to move somewhere warm. And oh, man, I'm kind of like all these Southern, <laughs> maybe Southwest. I don't know, but we're, we're kind of lost as to what to do. So there's a couple different ways to go about this. And, you know, it's really this has to be your choice. But if you said I want to be in the South, but somewhere that is kind of like safer for trans people, mm -hmm. I guess we would say. You know, one of the things that there's there's a couple things to consider. One is what laws have been passed regarding everything from trans bathrooms to school stuff, if it's relevant to you, et cetera. So that, so like one is like, what is the legislation? And then the other thing yeah. is culturally what's going on. And that really varies way more it, within states. It can vary significantly. So, like, for example, in Miami, my sense is that Miami itself and to some degree, probably Miami Beach culturally are very trans friendly. That being said, there are state level Florida laws that you may see and say that I don't like. So I, I'm not up on all of, of these details in order to be able to say, hey, you know, here's where here's where you should go. But I think there's a couple of different things to look at, which include cultural questions when there's mm -hmm. kids involved, it's educational and, and other things, as well as what are the laws that the states have passed with regard to these issues? And we were looking at something like New Mexico or uh, Arizona, possibly there's a job I could transfer to. But like, yeah, Arizona is interesting. Arizona is interesting because the state has become much more blue, even though there's a lot of crazy people there, as evidenced by the fact <laughs> that that Carrie Lake almost Carrie won. Lake. But there's yeah. parts of it that are. are Correct. Correct me if I don't hold me to this, but like I think Tucson, for example, is yes. becoming quite a left leaning city. And I've spent some time down there and really enjoyed it. So you've really got to look at the details. Well, we're kind of in a blue spot in a red state right now. We're in Kansas City. So um, 
or which we've got lots of gay friendly and trans friendly places that we yep. go to. But you look at Missouri at large and it's kind of getting depressing. It's the state versus local and then the culture versus law thing. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm sure you will end up making the best decision for your family, but I know it's a tough situation. Thank you so much. All right. Melody from Missouri. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Justin from Utah. Justin from Utah. You know, most of our Utah callers just happen to be Mormons, even though I know Utah is filled with people who aren't Mormons. Uh, and oftentimes Utah callers are very interesting. Welcome, Justin. What can I do for you? Hi, David. Yeah. So I was born LDS. I'm no longer LDS. Just just for the record. OK. Um, yeah. Obviously, I live in a in a very red state um, with regard to um, you know, the, the gun control, uh, debate and, and so on. I, I often hear that, you know, we need more, we need more heroes, right. Um, versus, uh, stricter gun control. I, I liken that to, if, if we were able to stop cancer, no one ever suffers from the disease again, right. By that logic, the best solution is to, um, you know, instead hire more doctors rather than actually cure cancer. Right. I think that's a very interesting analogy, which is rather than more good guys with guns to fire back at the bad guys with guns, but make clear by the time the police get there that they're the good guy, not the bad guys so the police shouldn't shoot them. Why don't we just try to reduce the number of shootings that even start to begin with? I think it's an apt analogy. Anything else today, Justin? No, I just, you know, I see that online all the time. Um, you know, it's a, it's a common talking point, you know, arming teachers. It's it just, it, it's ridiculous. I, I, I don't understand where the disconnect is on, on that other side. Do, guess, do you, you know? do you have kids, Justin? I do. Yeah. Would you, I mean, I don't know what kind of school they go to, but if a school they went to armed teachers, would you pull them from the school? I would consider it. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times with these things, it's like easier said than done. You know, the, the logistics can be complicated and then you've got to move kids who have an established social group. Like, I'm not pretending it's easy, but yeah. it's at least something you would think about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have the means to homeschool if I if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah, it's very troubling, though. Out of curiosity, you said you, you're like former LDS. Are you yeah. no longer a believer in the doctrine or you are no longer part of an organized LDS church, but you're still sort of like a believer of the doctrine. I am not a believer in any organized religion. OK. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah interestingly, uh, you know, my, my mother would not go to church. She would drop us off. <laughs> oh, is would, that right? At the, yeah. At the, at the end of, uh, you know, as we got older, we would walk in one door, go out the other, and go hang out for a while. <laughs> OK, <laughs> <So>. interesting. <laughs> All yeah, right, my friend. So, well, listen, great to hear from you. Appreciate your insights and your question. Take care. Thanks. All right. There is Justin from Utah. Uh, very, very interesting to hear from you. Let's go next to Dylan from Georgia. Dylan from Georgia. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Dylan from Georgia, you were on, but you've got to select the correct audio device. Hey, David, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Cool. Last time I was on, we had a uh, it sounded like a robot was speaking. I don't know if you remember that. Well, that <laughs> happens with a lot of callers. I have to admit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been a member for a while, and I'm, I, it's it's great to talk to you. Um, I just had a kind of two questions. Um, the first one was, I don't know how much research you've done into it, but what are your thoughts on the Willow Project being approved in Alaska, and um, kind of how does that make you feel with the contrast of all of Joe Biden's promises about? you know, trying to combat the climate crisis and more electric cars and tax incentives for electric. When I read that, I think the Willow Project would produce the equivalent of two million gas powered cars. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much you've read about that. So here I have a bunch on. of articles bookmarked to read and the insanity on Twitter this week made it so I didn't get to from the little I've read so far. I'm very concerned about it. I want to learn more and maybe next week I'll do like more of a deep dive segment on it. But I'm certainly I'm certainly quite concerned about it from what I'm from the little I've read so far. Yeah, yeah, I've it, it concerned me a lot, too. Um, and I, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of I don't know if you know who Nate Hagan's is, but he has no. a, a smaller, smaller YouTube channel about um, what he calls, I guess, the meta crisis, which is just this feeling that everybody has that something is wrong and we don't quite know how to address it. He does a good job of kind of consolidating that. But 
he just mostly talks about the climate stuff in the sense that, you know, we need a cultural change, not necessarily making things more efficient. And even the drive to try to make things efficient as quickly as we would need to right. in order to combat this stuff is almost counterproductive because of the things that we would use to construct all of these green technologies rely on fossil fuels. And also, you know, it's just, it's a cultural shift that we have to make. And, you know, I guess it starts at the individual level. You know, I try to cycle, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty much all I can do at this yeah. point is just cut back as best I can. And but, I'm um, sure you're like, um, you're not, you're not flushing your toilet 10 to 15 times, which I'm sure helps. You know, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I, I'm at eight right now. I'm really trying to okay. get down to five. That would be good. But, uh, yeah. If yeah, we could only yeah, flush only five times, it'd be better. Yeah. I just made a note about <laughs> Nate Hagen's. The content seems interesting. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, David. All right. Dylan from Georgia. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Casey from Kansas. Casey from Kansas. Welcome to the program. What can I do for you today? Hello. Uh, Just, you know, more heavy stuff, given the recent, you know. Shooting that happened. Yeah. So Tucker Carlson recently had a segment called Trans Killer the trans movement is targeting Christians following oh the Nashville shooting. Do you think journalism quotation marks <laughs> that fear mongers, marginalized groups with such a broad brush should be illegal in a way? Oh man. Like what Germany or other European countries would have? Well, there's a number of questions there because first of all, you're using journalism in quotes. Legally, Tucker Carlson doesn't do journalism. He does commentary. So then the question is a broader one, which is, can can you know, so it's it's more like in the category of this might be satire. This might be sensationalism. This is it is the I think we really need legal experts to weigh in on what even could be done before we can even really weigh in as to what should be done, because it's such a difficult question to answer. But I know exactly what you're saying, which and and listen, scapegoating is not a new technique Um, right now. The trans community is being heavily scapegoated from all around. I hope it doesn't last forever. But of course, when it goes away, they'll move on to the next group. But you're asking some really complicated questions that we really need the, the legal world to answer to answer for us. Excuse me. OK, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wish there was just something that could be done because, you know, they call themselves Fox News. They I know. Go on and they make it seem like there's a little bit of credibility when there's really none. But. <laughs> then they get sued and then they go, oh, listen, Tucker Carlson's an entertainer. He uses hyperbole and exaggeration and blah, 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 blah. You can't hold him accountable. Nobody should believe that what he says is factual. That's under oath in court, what they say. And then on TV, they pretend like it's news. No, I, I'm with you, Casey. OK, well, that's all I had. Thank all you. right. Casey from Kansas. Great to hear from you. That is all the time I have for today. Great to hear from a lot of new and uh, repeat callers. We will take calls again, and I look forward to hearing from many more of you. Don't forget that the best way to support the David Pakman show is by becoming a member, which gives you access to the daily bonus show, the regular show with no commercials. You also get access to our entire archive of every episode dating back a really long time and plenty of other awesome membership perks. Go to joinpacman.com. Joinpacman.com. All right, let's hear from some of you through the Friday feedback segment where emails, Facebook comments, YouTube comments, smoke signals, telegrams, Twitter replies, all sorts of communications with the show may be featured on Fridays. If you just want to keep it simple and send an email, you can email info at davidpacman.com. I have to admit this first message I don't understand if this is from a Nazi or from someone warning me about Nazis and saying they have taken over. The message is as follows. The weak fear the swastika. You all had your chances to deal with this. You dropped the ball. We told you for years we are everywhere and eventually we would have to come out. Well, here we are. Now it's our time to deal with these Weimar conditions. Welcome to National Socialism. Is this a Nazi saying we have now taken over because you didn't stop us? Or is this an anti-Nazi saying because you didn't stop them, the Nazis are now here? 
I genuinely have no idea. Someone else knows what that message is about. Please let me know. The anti trans movement continues and it continues plaguing our YouTube channel. User Desro QC says, thank God for people like Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh. These are anti trans guys from the Daily Wire fighting against the groomers who are aiming their filth at our children. We are way past being polite and tolerant with you bunch of degenerates trying to indoctrinate, confuse and mutilate kids. Uh, I don't know what this person is talking about. And as I've said before, it seems as though no one is aiming anything at children, but we do have things that exist which parents can decide. I will bring my kid to that or I won't bring my kid to that. And that that's the freedom I thought the right wing advocated for. I thought that's exactly what they wanted. It's very confusing. Rated Arge has a different view about the anti trans hysteria and says, let's find a small marginalized group of harmless people and really stomp on them and make their lives miserable just to show how big and strong and brave we are. You know, this reminded me it's a very good point. This reminded me of Arnold Schwarzenegger's recent video, 12 minute video, which was it dealt with discrimination of all kinds. And certainly you could tell that he was pushing back against the anti trans rhetoric, but it was also pushing back against anti Semitism. And one of the great points that Arnold made referring to his own father, who was a Nazi sympathizer, was all of these movements, these groups, these coalitions based on hate, they end up being losers at the end of the day. They, you never look back at them and say those were the winners, the people who opposed women voting. We don't. Those were the losers. They they hindered obvious progress in the United States. The Nazis in World War Two, of course, the anti-gay people who for 20 years shouted about two men. If you, if you let two men marry, next thing you know, people will be allowed to marry horses. They're losers. They are. And when you look at this comment, which is it's not a very big thing, big and I, I by big, I mean alpha, right, to choose the weakest people and to say that's who we're going to go after. Excellent comment. And I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. Um, here's a comment about critical race theory. This individual, why am I why am I Mr. Pink says the issue with critical race theory is that it teaches the idea that systemic racism is a thing when it is not. No one on the right wants to stop the teaching of history. They hate the lies about it. Also, history is complex. Take the issue of slavery. After slavery was banned, many still worked for their owners. Why? Why didn't they pursue a new career and become landowners? Because many were fine in the position they were in. That last part is pretty crazy. The reason some slaves continued working for their owners when they were technically freed was that there was still all sorts of between the lines discrimination that was allowed and was happening and because many of those folks in their individual situations didn't really have much of a choice with what money were they going to go and buy land? It doesn't make any sense, but let's go to the to the more important part. It teaches the idea that systemic racism is a thing when it is not. Listen, there have been major advances in the United States when it comes to dealing with systemic racism of different kinds, and that has taken place to different degrees. We still have a number of different systemic realities in the United States that go above and beyond the individual. For example, there are still significant effects when it comes to public transit in many cities where the historically redlined neighborhoods disproportionately um, uh, uh, represented by minorities are much less well connected via public transit. That's a systemic issue. That's a systemic issue where in certain neighborhoods you're going to have more of an issue getting to jobs in certain parts of the city. And the reason that that is the case is because it is a vestige of uh, racial ra racist redlining. OK, that's a systemic issue. That doesn't mean every aspect of society is racist. There have been a number of interesting studies done 
where the same resumes are submitted with traditionally identifiably white sounding names and black sounding names. No difference whatsoever when it comes to the credentials and the white sounding names are much more likely to get an initial interview. That's a systemic issue. You could be you're, the idea is you're, you're just as qualified, but because of a name that is stigmatized with a particular race, you're less li likely to even get the opportunity to prove yourself in an interview. That's a systemic issue. Now, that doesn't mean that there haven't been great improvements made as well. So the idea that there are no systemically racist issues doesn't make much sense. Gerald says, I wish every Republican do doing an interview would be asked, explain what critical race theory is and explain what woke is. Yeah, me too. We've talked about this before. When they are asked to explain critical race theory, they usually spit out. It teaches white kids that they are bad because they're white. Hmm, I miss that day in class. And when you ask them about woke, I mean, last week, even Fox host Dana Perino said woke can just be a feeling or a sense. Um, here's another question relating the uh, drag show stuff to, I guess, irresponsible parenting. This user, user says, would you, David, hand the car keys to your child and say, go have fun, go as fast as you want? This is equal to taking your child to a drag show <laughs> that escalated pretty quickly. No, I mean, listen, in 16 years, I will start teaching my daughter how to drive and I will teach her the rules of the road and I will teach her about road safety and she will have to go to driver's ed and complete a number of hours of uh, driver training and all of that. And then I will still uh, continue to espouse the need to be careful when driving. And I can't think of any way in which that relates at all to a drag show. I just I'm I'm really racking my brain and I'm not understanding how there's a connection between learning to drive safely and taking a kid to a drag show. Maybe someone can explain it to me. Giddy one posted to the subreddit about me saying no president has ever been arrested, that it is false. And I received a few of these messages. This particular post says President Ulysses S. Grant, or if I were Trump, I would pronounce it Ulysses, but it's Ulysses S. Grant was arrested in 1872 for dangerous driving. He was fined and did not contest the arrest or fine. Then going on to say President Franklin Pierce was arrested for running over a pedestrian while driving his carriage in Washington, possibly drunk driving. He was arrested but released when his identity became known. So two things about this. It is absolutely the case that I misspoke and I, I wanted to say indicted, which I think would have made my comment more accurate. But my research suggests that the Franklin Pierce story is questioned. Uh, what I've read conflicting accounts and some say that it is not a true story about Franklin Pierce, but I'm not sure. But in any case, it does appear that Trump wouldn't be the first president arrested, but I believe from my research, it is accurate to say indicted. But we are going to continue looking into it very, very strongly. Another post from the subreddit asks, and this this hits home, folks, is social media just not worth it? It's so goddamned infuriating logging on and seeing the most smugly brain dead, easily debunked BS get thousands of likes and shares. I gave up arguing with them long ago because exactly zero of them will change their minds as a result. And I'll just get agitated with the stupidity while they fly back to the flock to claim victory. I know ignoring these clowns won't make them go away, but man, is it frustrating. I have said for a long time. I don't engage in social media arguments. Now, it's easy for me to say because I have a platform where I can do much more in an hour than in 10 hours arguing with individuals on Twitter. I understand not everybody has that. But my advice continues to be, I don't know that I would either get involved with it. For me, social media is I want to see what is being said, but it's not for then starting to type furiously at people. That's I, I believe it is an exercise in frustration. And I sympathize with that completely. We try on our platforms like the very subreddit that this this message is from. We try to make it a more positive and controlled environment 
We don't allow, you know, direct harassment. And of course, people can disagree. We don't allow slurs and these sorts of things. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's just, wow, your opinions really aren't based in fact. And there's really nothing I can do about that. And that is certainly a sad thing. But I would agree with this person's view. Ignoring won't make them go away, but arguing with them on Twitter won't make them change their minds. And so we have to work in a different way. We have to work through campaigns. We have to work through activism. And that is much more effective than, you know, arguing with someone on TikTok or whatever the case may be. Get your messages in info at davidpackman.com or through any of the other means that you can get in touch with us. We will have such a great bonus show for you today. And if you don't have access to the bonus show because you're not a member, then we will be back on Monday with a new podcast for you.